a good challenge. These Houston Astros as you hear the booze. All right, guys, today we have just just a crazy episode for you guys. Joining us today, uh, it's Sports Illustrated's very own Stephanie Epstein. Uh, we ran into her uh, on our way up to the Yankees-Astros game. She asked us a few questions, and she ended up writing an article on the game. So we decided, you know, let's do a pod on the game, and who better to have on the pod than Stephanie? So, Stephanie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. All right, so... um. You know, me, John Franco, and Aiden Lubin, and then uh, Roy, we all went to the game. Roy is not here today, but John Franco and Aiden are. Uh, I don't want to speak for them, but personally, uh, it was just a wild experience. So I think I want to start this off by just asking you guys, like, what were you just, you know, thoughts on the game? First of all, I just, I don't think it does justice saying that we bumped into Stephanie. We bumped into her like <laughs> five or six times throughout the duration of the night. So I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> Uh, true. Yeah. With 10,000 fans, you can really keep running into yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, no, the game was great. It was good to it was good to be back in there. And I feel like you could feel it with every other fan there that it I mean, it felt like it was the first time for a lot of other fans too. And it was it was a great first time to have back because it was such an important game. Not not really an important game. Just a, it me, it means a lot. I, I don't want to say important, but it definitely meant a lot. It was good to be there. I think you can say important, man. I think I think yeah. we can venture to say that. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, just like to add what to even what Lubin said. It, it's it's not even that it was an important game, but just all the stuff that's led up to that. Like, you know, obviously with all the cheating scandal and everything. So it felt like a personal game and the atmosphere too. I mean, that was my first time being back in the stadium after this pandemic and everything. But I mean, we saw it right from the start, just watching warmups. Altuve was literally just standing there doing nothing and the booze and the chants. It was just, it was crazy. And it didn't stop. It We started during mm. warmups and they didn't end until the ninth inning, no matter how <laughs> the game was, yes. no matter what the lead was. And I mean, I think that just shows how personal it was for the fans. And I mean, it just it just talks about how great the fan base is and the atmosphere. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, if you look down or close your eyes, like it could pass for like a late August, like Sunday night game. It honestly felt like it felt like a good turnout. I mean, obviously the turnout was limited, but in terms of the energy atmosphere, atmosphere, the people that showed up, like it, I don't know. We brought it. The fans brought it. Yeah. Yeah. There was one point they scored a, a couple of runs late in the game and the stadium, I was out in the bleachers and the stadium literally was shaking. Yeah. Pretty good for 10,000 people. Yeah. You can. No, I think, I think we did. I think we did a pretty good job. All things considered. I went back. I was telling John Franco, I, we had a free period the next day. I was listening to the game, kind of looking to see if we got on the TV, but also just like, kind of was and like, you could, you could hear the booze and, Usually we're a clean podcast. There's no way we can do this podcast without saying the words fuck Altuve. It just it has to be said. You could hear that on the TV. And I think the funniest thing I heard was like, like usually the Yes Network would be like, when they hear cursing, they'll, they, they'll be like, oh, we don't, we don't agree with that. They said nothing. They basically did everything except endorse it. I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that's true. They, they usually are like, oh, what are they saying? I can't really pick up on it. 
but they they kept coming up with like clever ways to like talk about Altuve just getting serenaded. It was you could tell they were having a good time listening to yeah, the. To the sure. They got cheated too. Come on, they're Yankees fans just as much <laughs> as we are. It was funny too. Two days later, uh, they the fans started chanting "fuck Altuve" again. It was the first inning, and they were playing the Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, fans are trying to get in the fun. That's so good. I think that's like usually ballparks don't like allow cursing. Like they'll throw out a guy if they're cursing. I think that's the first time like a whole stadium's just been like cursing, and the guards like, "Yeah, we're we're cool." Yeah. Dude, I remember yeah, looking yeah. around for security. I was like. Can I give Michael Brantley like the middle finger right now? <laughs> get kicked yeah, out? Yeah, uh, in the ninth inning, I was out in the bleachers for most of the game, just trying to take in what they were doing. And security came over in the ninth and was like, "All right, we've given you guys eight innings of this. <laughs> Got to stop swearing, or else we're gonna kick you out." And they were all like, "Should we get kicked out, you guys? Let's all get kicked out." Yeah, it's like the game's over in ten minutes anyway. I want to just do something wild and just be forced to leave instead of leave. Yeah, it's like, traffic. I was trying to see. I we didn't see that many people get kicked out. I know there was there was actually we were we went to get food and when we came back, Mr. Harris was like, "Oh yeah, it's a bunch of people got yeah. kicked out." Uh, I forgot. I think they were like yelling at fans. Like it wasn't even what they were yelling at the players. They were yelling at each other. Stephanie, do you see like how many people kind of got kicked out? Do you get a sense of it? I only saw a couple, and it was mostly fights among mm. fans, uh, <laughs> which was weird because I saw fights among Yankees fans. So I don't know what they were mad at each other about i would i expected there to be some astros yankees fighting but i guess there weren't that many astros fans there and they probably had the sense not to incite the crowd but i think in the bleachers it can get it can get a little lit out there and it did yeah it's so much like built up new york energy mm-hmm. and people are like all right there's not enough astros people to fight like we just gotta start fighting each other <laughs> you saw it was like the eighth inning we were like people from the second deck were like yelling yeah. down at yankee fans we were looking up like what's going on what's the backstory here yeah come on it was getting come nuts on. same team yeah there was a moment bob nightingale of usa today wrote about uh i'm not even gonna remember the reliever's name but there's an astros reliever whose family who grew up in new jersey and he had like half a dozen family members there wearing his jersey mm-hmm. uh Bialak, I want to say. And so there were, you know, all these guys in this, in these, in this Astros jersey, and they got into it with some, you know, some fan was giving them grief for it. And they were like, he's our son. Oh. Like he wasn't on the team in 2017, and he's oh. our child. Yeah. I mean, be. to be fair, I don't think we were all thinking that rationally because we lit into Michael Brantley a little bit. That guy did nothing wrong. He's just been a solid contact hitter his entire MLB <laughs> career. Had nothing to do with 2017. Right, wasn't there. I think there was I mean, one point. John Franco remembers this very well. Like, he, there was a ball. I think LeMay hit a yeah. foul ball into the corner. And he, like, faked a throw and then blew them a kiss. I'll be yeah, damned if we didn't do the asshole chant for, like, 33 that, seconds. That was the funniest thing. So... Uh, I forgot. I think it might have been. I, yeah, I think it was Lemayhew or somebody. They hit a foul ball into the corner in left field, and all of a sudden, all the Yankees. And this was early in the game, so like we mm-hmm. were really leaning on Altuve. It wasn't really Brantley, nobody else. And all of a sudden, he got the ball, and like you know, all the Yankee fans, like everyone does, they were screaming for the ball, and he faked it, and he blew the kiss. And all I remember is yeah. just the a whole chant starting, and all I just remember is looking around the whole stadium and the formation of everyone's arms just looking <laughs> at this poor guy. And I was like, "All right, he just messed up because he was doing all right. It was really on Altuve, but once that happened, then he got into it and it got ugly." Yeah, I think he was leaning into it a little bit. That's a good teammate. Yeah, 
Dude, you cannot convince me his home run didn't travel 600 feet. That was the type projectile I've ever seen in my life. And then the chaos about whether to throw it back. And then the kid launched it from the suites. Yeah. He's living life up there. He's oh got the God. money. He's Yeah, it took him a little while, but he did throw it back. It, t- it took him like 30 seconds to find the ball. Yeah, they were doing box seats suck down uh, down mm. in the bleachers. Yeah. And he didn't throw it back, and then he got a hand. Yeah, I always make a pledge that I would throw it back if I get it, but then I'd kind of freak out if I had a ball in my hands. They were trying to get kids to throw BP home runs back, like like children. <laughs> I think we saw we saw people by us. They were like, they're like, oh, you won't get arrested if you because it was a kid. They're like, yeah, throw it back. We won't get arrested. You'll be good. Right. <laughs> yeah, this kid went to get like food once and go to the bathroom twice, and every time he came up to leave the section, these four guys were heckling. I'm like, throw it back, like you're a kid, like. <laughs> You're above the law and this kid's just like ah. <laughs> we had we had four guys behind us that were just like the most entertaining people in that game like they were doing like like old school chants like i think yeah. when hicks got up they quoted the entire key and peel sketch from a aaron the yeah they, this, they went through the entire dialogue they weren't even looking at their phones they just had it memorized yeah, I mean, you can tell those guys have known each other since, like, kindergarten. They were prepared. They were like, prepared. It's not a known since high school or college relationship. Like, those guys were just bouncing off each other. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's good. That's, uh, some, some of the preparation is impressive. When Ichiro played for the uh, Mariners, the, a lot of the fans learned how to swear in Japanese. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that, I thought, was pretty good. Uh, so this, is, this wasn't quite that level, but I did appreciate some of the creativity. But like I, I was impressed. Like we didn't really come in with any chance prepared. Like I didn't even know we were gonna chant "fuck Altuve." I was so impressed at like how quickly the chants traveled through. Like John Franco talked about how the asshole chant just traveled through the stadium. Like it did not take that long for fans to realize, like, oh, okay, we're we're doing this, and just like unanimous. I mean, it was it it was beautiful. The coordination. I don't think I've ever seen chants that effective that were like not planned in any way yeah that's one of the upsides i think of the uh of the reduced capacity is that weirdly you can really hear what people are saying more because it kind of echoes and the the words you can pick out um i've been to a couple of games with reduced capacity like this and you can really hear the uh you can really hear individual fans like if you want to heckle a baseball player this is the time to go to a game right now because they will hear you and so it was they were pretty impressive chance i thought and you could yeah i agree i was gonna say that like in a normal game like there there can be like a synchronized chant but like it'll be a couple of the left field sections or a second ahead and then like you got your section and then you got like some of the bleachers and then you got like foul territory and you can tell because they clap at different times but like yeah no we were really we were really in sync this time it was pretty cool uh stephanie i gotta ask you like obviously i came to the game wearing a houston asterisk shirt and i was i ended up getting a little scared uh, I did get some like warning looks and then people were reading. They're like, oh, okay. You know, you're good. You're, you're wearing the good team shirt. Um, but I, I read your article on that. What were your favorite like outfits or, you know, things that people brought to the game? Cause I know people got really, really creative with it. They did. I think a lot of people have been looking forward to this game for like a year and a half. Um, so the, <laughs> I think the most impressive thing I saw was a guy who bought for, on eBay an Astros Jersey that had cheaters 17 on the back. And then he also bought a bunch of patches that he sewed on himself. So on the left arm, I think he had got caught. And on the right arm, he had uh, in, underneath the World Series. It was a World Series jersey. So it had the World Series, the 2017 World Series patch. And underneath it, he added a 2017 patch that said World Series Cheaters. 
he had a mask that said Houston cheaters. Oh my it was a really, he worked really hard. And I think he got some of the same reactions as you where initially people were like, whoa, whoa, dude, what's the, oh, nice. Very nice. Um, there were, I saw a lot of trash can memorabilia, which I thought was nice. The, the one guy who tried to get in wearing an Oscar the Grouch costume and was told he couldn't. That mm. was pretty funny. Somebody snuck in uh, like probably a foot tall plush Oscar the Grouch toy and he got away with that. There were people with a bunch of bleacher people went together and got um, like small plastic trash cans that they wore around their necks. And then they had those pencils that are shaped like baseball bats and they were <laughs> banging them. Uh, there were some good. I liked the guy in the bleachers who printed out, I think it was 78 signs that said either slider or curveball and was handing them out. And so every time any of those Astros would come up to bat, he'd be like, hold them up. Uh, yeah. That was pretty funny. It was, it was some pretty, I appreciated it. I think, you know, the, it was one of the shame. There are a lot of much bigger shames of last year, but one of the small ones is that we didn't get, to watch fans react creatively. And this was, this was pretty funny. Some of them. Yeah. So I got to ask you about like, you know, the guy that came in the Oscar, the grouch costume. Cause I, I was thinking about it. And I was like, I, when I read your article, what you described, I was like, it's not that vulgar. And I, I heard the rumors that the Astros had asked the MLB to like, kind of try and tone everything down. But like, what were your thoughts on that? Cause like, I thought I saw that costume and I was like, like, that's just, that's great. Like that's, that's not as bad as chanting fuck Altuve. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a game of telephone, of course, with that fan. I, I wrote that he told me that that's what he was told. I wrote that the the Astros and the league said that they were not aware of anything like that. So it's very possible that it was a security guard trying to, you know, make him feel a little bit better about not being allowed to wear the costume. It's also definitely possible that the Astros have complained and so the teams decided to crack down. Uh, the Yankees are often pretty strict about what they allow in. So it's not a total shock to me that he's not allowed in wearing that gigantic costume. <laughs> but uh, I, I know that he he felt aggrieved, which probably contributed to the creativity of his chanting for the rest of the night. I mean, if the Astros reached out and complained, that would just make things a lot worse because then you can complain about them. You can boo them for being cheaters and complainers, which would be very fun and layered for Yankees fans. Yeah, there's a... You, I think part of the problem too is that when Manfred decided not to punish any of the players, sort of the deal was we're going to let the fans mete out justice how they see fit, which is yelling. Uh, and so you kind of have to take it. I know they're tired of it. And they also feel like the cheating happened in 2017. Like for them, the story is pretty old. For us, it's all, it's new, but they've known about it for, for a very long time. So it doesn't feel, they're all kind of tired of it now, but Part of the part of the way this works is that they're going to have to hear about it for probably the rest of their careers, and I think they're they're starting to get used to that idea. Garrett Cole is on that team, man. I, I always like yeah. it's crazy to think about. He got her. He really got a pass. He's he's cool yeah. with us. You know I mean? yeah. yeah, he's lucky he signed with us, or else he probably would not be right. well received. Yeah, but I gotta ask you guys. Right, COVID happens, and you know we're not allowed in the stadium. And I think the Astros really never had to deal with fans because when they play in their playoff series, I think in the ALCS, they didn't have to deal with fans. And if they did, they weren't Yankee fans. Do you think the weight almost made this better? Or do you think that had this game happened last year, that things would have been more fiery, I don't know, more electric? It's tough to say. What do you guys think? 
I mean, the fans were pretty live, and I heard some of the players talking about it. Like, there's no way if, if us being there is the reason we won all the home playoff games mm-hmm. in 2017, 18, and 19, like, us being there must have contributed to them, like, like doing as well as they did. I mean, they had to fight for sure. Like, they gave up – I mean, Domingo gave up a solo home run on the, on the top of the first. I was like, wow, we're looking down and out right now. But – they had to fight, so I feel like we definitely could have helped them out a little bit. I'm just thinking, like, like the build, like having to wait this long. I was almost more excited, but like, what I do you think, think it would have been like? From the, from the fans' perspective, I think the fans are more. I think the the wait made it sort of sweeter for the fans. I think from the players' perspective, they they're not over it, and they definitely enjoyed listening to Yankees. Like the Yankees definitely got a kick out of the Yankees mm-hmm. fans. But they are, I think the players are a lot less mad at the Astros now than they were a year ago. And so the fact that the Yankees didn't play them last year, like I think you might have seen some some fights or some throwing at each other if they had played each other last year, but because of the regional schedules, they didn't play. And I think by now they've sort of, a lot of those guys have kind of moved on emotionally, but I do not think the fans have moved on emotionally. And uh, I think they definitely demonstrated that this week. Yeah. So I would say one of the highlights of this game is Altuve leading off and then going 0 for 4. And there's that great moment where he strikes out and then just walks just straight out to the infield and he's just getting he was the only ser- serenaded with booze. It's amazing. It's like this whole like two-minute ordeal. Uh, I went back and I read the article you wrote about Altuve in March where you talked about how he really suffered – uh, you know, from all all the booze he got, you know, last year, and how it might have even been kind of unfair. Uh, they claim that he wasn't a huge part of it. He's, they claim he was against it. Uh, but I I think my question is, he's doing better this year, but he's still not back to what he was in 2017. Do you think that this is going to be something that you know gets worse from his performance in a struggle? Because I don't imagine that the booze are going away. No, I think it really does affect him. Um, I think that he, some guys sort of, well, I honestly don't think that many guys do like being the heel, but some guys can kind of play into a little bit into it. Some guys, you know, they like the booze, they fires them up. I don't think Altuve is really one of those guys. He has been loved his whole career. And I think it's been really hard for him. You know, he was like the funny, cute little guy who, you know, stood next to Aaron judge and camped his waist. Like he was hilarious. Everybody loved him. And so I think this has been really, really hard. And I think he also, whether, you know, I know a lot of fans don't believe this, but the team definitely says that he did not use it. And I believe, I think that he does believes that he was against it. And so I think he feels like it's sort of an unfair, like they're crushing him for something he didn't do. Uh, So I, I think, and he says all the right things about, you know, this is just like part of our reality. This is, you know, we're going to have to live with this, but I think this has been really, really challenging. Um, And he also, you know, he's getting older. Like there are a lot of baseball reasons that it would be getting harder for him to play baseball. Nobody is hitting right now. Um, The pitchers are way too good. He just gets older. He he's, that's a tough defensive position for him a little bit. And so he's thinking a lot about that. It's, it's hard to play baseball anyway. And I think adding all of this is probably not helping. Uh, He tends to turn it on in the playoffs, which is what we saw a little bit last year, but and he often, you know, the fans booing, like you could see where that might fire him up. But I would I would be a little concerned about Altuve going forward. He is a very good player, but this is a really, really hard thing to deal with. 
It's good to hear someone out of the combat sports world use the term heel. That had a, <laughs> that had a bit of like WWE behind it. I like it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, think about all that. And then also going from knowing the majority of the pitches coming to you to not yeah. knowing the majority of the pitches, not knowing any of the pitches coming to you. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, the game's not going to wait up for him. It's going to get harder and harder. Like you said, he's not getting younger. You know what it, I mean? It wasn't a great look in 2020 when he was swinging and missing badly at curveballs in the dirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like genetically, like, I mean, obviously I don't know anything about like short versus tall, but like, I mean, genetically, like he's not made to be like super gifted. It feels like, so I feel, I mean, everything's just, I don't know. I feel like everything's just working against him at this point. Yeah. And you know, obviously he's had his moments. He has the big home run in game three. Uh, but I think like overall, right. Like the boos are going to continue. Do you think that's something he gets used to? Or do you think that's something that wears him down the more, you know, the longer his career goes? Cause I think this is going to be one of the first times where like, we're really going to see a player get booed year in and year out. And I'm not sure that the intensity decreases that much. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think my guess would be that if he can find a way to play well, all he needs is like, if he goes on like a two week tear, then I think he will be okay because he will let he'll, he'll tell himself that the boos are fueling him and he will work through it. But if he continues to struggle, I could really see him getting lost in it because it it just starts to compound itself. He starts pressing. He starts trying too hard. He can't remember what he did that was so successful. He feels like everybody's against him. I mean, they're also like, it's, you know, it's improving, but we are still in a pandemic. So these guys are on the road, you know, they can't see their families. There's, he can't go home to see his extended family. I think it's, it could be very easy uh, for struggles for any player struggles this year to turn into real issues. And I think especially when you're facing the kind of stuff that Altuve is facing, it's, he's sort of always on the line. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I feel like it's all de- it all depends on how he's doing at the time, as weird as it sounds. Like you're asking how it's going to affect him, but it honestly does all depend on how he's doing without it. I mean, I always think back to the, the A-Rod Red Sox game after getting caught cheating and they threw at him once and then he hit the homer. Like, hmm. I feel like this is either fuel or it's the thing that brings you down and there's no in between. I mean, they're like, God, I hate to bring combat sports into everything, but like fighters that people hate, I, I, forget, I feel like it was Muhammad Ali who always said it like you hate someone or you love someone, but you're going to watch them. And I feel like it's fuel for a ton of people. And the fighters who are the most hated are often very good at what they do. And I feel like that can be the same for baseball players. Alex Rodriguez for a while was very good at what he does. And I feel like if Altuve can, yeah, I mean, if he can play the role of heel, which he's already doing and also be good, then it's just going to go and go and go and go. And he's, that's, that's, that's probably how he's going to end his career. Uh, John Franco, I know me and you, we were talking about Altuve a little bit at the game. And I know you said, like, we, we really didn't used to hate this guy. No, I know. I wanted to jump in before and say that. It's like, it's crazy because, like, you know, even and I told you too, Lou, like, I had so much, like, before all this stuff came out, like, I just looked at this team and was like, okay, like, we're going to be rivals with this team for, like, a good amount of time. Now, after that loss in 2017, when none of this stuff happened, and that's, like, kind of when the Yankees, like, you know, those mid-2010s is kind of, like, an ugly period for them and you know like that and like that rookie team we 2017 we weren't supposed to be anything all of a sudden they make it to the ALCS you know just the fires right back in there and then all this heating stuff comes out and it's like I told like you know even today I told you I was like but I still want to believe I still think like these guys as much as I hate them I feel like you know they're in the MLB for a reason Bregman Correa these guys were top overall picks like you know they weren't just a bunch of scrubs that all of a sudden started hitting like you know obviously the cheating stuff helped them but like 
And, you know, like you guys said about two by two, this could either, is he going to add to the fire, you know, maybe push off this, get better? Or is there something that, that's going to make him crumble? I mean, honestly, Lou, and I agree with you too, I don't think this is going to go away anytime soon. The way, and honestly, to, it's, I mean, it's tough to say too, but I feel like this year off, I mean, yeah, for the players, maybe, I know you guys said earlier, like it may have whatever, like they're like, okay, maybe like you know, pass by. Seeing these fans for that first game, imagining what it would have been like if it was full capacity and what it's going to be like. Because, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there's, we're going to see them again in the playoffs soon. I would, hope, I would hope so. So, like, that to me is just unimaginable. Like, I can't even imagine what that game would be like. But I just I – don't, I don't see any good coming. I don't think Altuve, me personally, I mean, like you guys said too, like, you know, he's getting up there in age now, this and that. But it's just – obviously, it's so much easier when you know what's being thrown at you. But, I mean, I think between that and the constant hate that he's going to receive, I don't think it's going to end well for him, me personally. Here, and here's the tough thing. And I said this to you, like, if he finds a way to get into the Hall of Fame, and I have no idea if the sports writers would even allow it after this scandal, he's going to get booed at his Hall of Fame ceremony. He's going to be one of the most hated players basically of all time. And the problem is that it's really not even rational. Like, if you if you ask me who I hate the most, it's Carlos Correa because he never apologized. And he had like such like, it was like, I think he has that quote where he's like, you don't know what you're talking about, so shut up. He said that to the people. And it's like, I hate this guy. I, I hate Correa. And the sad thing is I used to like Altuve, man. He was scrappy. He was five foot six. He, it's like that Ronald Torres vibe. We love Torres and we kind of liked Altuve. He was fun to play against. He just seemed like a fun guy. And, you know, like, I didn't, if you would ask me who I was going to yell, fuck, insert name here, it was going to be Correa. But it's so, it just so happened to be Altuve. He's the face of this team. It, it kind of sucks, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, think about it for him. Like 2017, like as it's all playing out, like I, I just feel like he's in the all star game. Like he's tearing it up. Like, they're covering him in the all-star game. Like he's the, he's like, honestly, like the star of the league at this point, like he's from Venezuela. There are some good baseball players like there, like Odor and like, I think Victor Martinez, but like, he's probably the face of that country. Mm. And like, I mean, talk about, well, like, like, yeah, like you said, he's like a tiny baseball player. who's just <laughs> so good. And now like two years later, it's just the complete opposite. He's slumping and like, he's so hated. I mean, he was, he was loved on like, a layered level by country by, I mean, I assume by country by like the whole fan base, by the Astros fan base. And now like, dude, look at him. And we, like, we can't ignore, we were talking about, we always see the post. It seems whenever the Yankees play the Astros or when MVP season comes along where they compare judge and Altuve stats. And the sad thing is that like Altuve, I mean, judge should have won MVP. When you look at like, we talk about OPS as dude, the number won the MVP including the cheating like what is what is right, it right but that's right but like cheating we consider ops i think in this podcast like the best offensive stat in terms of like cumulative but like you look at judges stats all the way down i think altuve hadn't beaten batting average and maybe like one other thing so like back when that happened we were like oh like that doesn't make sense like i don't like that but it was like a friendly rivalry once the cheating comes out it's like yankee fans are never going to give this guy a pass and to hear guys like Bellinger come out and be like, everyone knows Altuve stole the MVP from Judge. It's a lot of layers to this hatred. Yeah, did you hear the fans uh, gave Judge the MVP cheer a couple of times? Love that. They gave it to Stanton and the next Dude, they honestly, they both these guys, come on. Dude. And we, yeah. we could talk about Stanton, the man's red hot. Yeah, exactly. If Cody Bellinger couldn't be cool enough, like, come on, he's already such a cool guy. And then he's like, 
putting on for the Yankees a little bit too. Like, come on, Belly, baby. too likable, relax. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, I think back to, I think Oakland was the first team to play Houston. And, you know, they did some shenanigans of their own. I think they played like songs to kind of mock the Astros, but then they got swept. I don't know about you guys. Like I went into this game, like kind of like stressing, like I knew I was going to, you know, boo and yell and all that stuff. But like, there's a fear in the, in the back of my mind. That's like, if we lose this game, we look like idiots. And for the first six innings of that game, that might be the most tense I've ever been at a baseball game. I think I told John Franco, I was like, I've never cheered more for a home run than when Stan hit that home run, the bomb of the first. Cause Bregman hits that home run at the top of your first thing. Like, of course, of course the Astros silence the crowd. Why wouldn't they Stan gives us the lead. I think I have a great video of us just jumping around cursing like crazy. Yeah. And then for that game to be that close for six innings. Yeah. I think it took years off my life. The double play between, I think it was Torres and Urshela just like, lost for words yeah dude i had i had like like a hard like a sharp chest pain after <laughs> Don Carlo's first home run i don't even know what it was from i mean it had to be like jumping around and screaming or whatever but it was like okay that's something to deal with that's how you know you're really into it when your chest hurts but like yeah you said i mean obviously the top of the first we were looking down and out and then like we were up and then we tied again and the astros were putting hits together and we weren't of course they weren't scoring but it was like oh it's a matter of time until they hit a three-run homer right now <laughs> and like if you look at the matchup before the game it's like okay granky like a couple years ago in his prime like that dude was a problem and domingo Harmon's like a teenager so it was like okay I, we were the favorite by a little bit but i was like i don't know like the yankees would they, they would lose this game i think they were exactly 500 or like maybe a step below so i was like okay i'm prepared to be let down a little bit I, one of the craziest things is like, I think I, t- I said this to you guys when we were leaving. I was like, once we scored those three runs, I don't know why, like I expected it to come on a hit. Like it just kind of almost felt like anticlimactic. Like I was expecting to like see the hit and like, like jump out and like yell right away. And we had to wait for the error. And then Odor gets hurt. So you feel weird about like cheering really loudly. And then the rest of that game, I, don't, I was just like, like, yeah, we're not losing this. Like, I'm just waiting for the three innings to end so we can win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was such a big tonality shift between the first six innings and the last three. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. The first, the first six, like you said, like it, it was so it was so intentional. It literally felt like a playing a playoff game. Everything was so close. But that play too, like I, I remember even like us watching it, like we didn't even know how to react. Like DJ LeMayu, like whatever, little roller. Okay, the ball's <laughs> passed. There's one run, there's two. Is Odor going to score? Oh, my God. Is he okay? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> there was so much. But exactly. Like, once that ended, we were like, all right, let's just let's let's finish this. We were literally waiting for the game. Like, that's how yeah. much our confidence grew. But, I mean, that, I, I don't know. That game just showed me so much that this rivalry now is just insane and how passionate. Like, we always knew how crazy Yankees fans were. But, like, this game, I feel like, just set the bar so high. And I was like, okay, this is going to be around for a while now. And it was so exciting. That game, to me, that, that was and I've been through a lot of playoff games that that moment right there alone, that even that stand home run that we're talking about, because I remember once Bregman took it out, we felt the air go away in the stadium. It got mm. so silent. And I remember we all looked at each other. We were like, Oh God. And I was like, you know what? I was like, all we need is one hit. I was like, let it like, you know, let's wake up. There you go. DJ with a base hit right to start it off. And we were like, okay, it was staying good. And Stan just continuing to be Stan. He's been amazing so far this year. And I mean, I just, just from there it took off, but it was really, it was really, really fun to see. 
I, I wanted to ask you guys, right? Because Aiden's been to Yankees Astros. 2017 or 20 it was uh i was indian series 2017 and we hit one astros game uh, 29 i know john john franco you were at the dd home run right oh i've been yeah that, you've been to a that. bunch of playoff games so, so i yeah. wanted to ask you how did that environment compare because for me never being never being to a playoff game before like that was the craziest game i've ever been to atmosphere wise i mean to me to me, honestly, to me, it was just the amount of people. I mean, I sat in left left field bleachers for a 2017 wildcard game, and that three-run homer that Severino gave up – I'm sorry, just the three runs. I think um, Brian Dozier started off with a leadoff homer, and it was oh, just whatever. It was just, that, it was just bad. It was just ugly. <laughs> oh, and I Rob, get sick thinking about it. Robinson comes in. We needed the help in the first inning. I was like, there's no way this is ending well. Then all of a sudden, base, like, you know, people on base, first and third, Didi comes up, and the stadium <laughs> – Erupted. Three nothing twins. Yankees threatening. When I say beers, popcorn, I don't know what I got hit with. And the fun fact, I, I didn't even care what was hitting me. I was hugging people. I had no idea. We were just, like, like the game was over, and that was that's all we needed. And I mean, from there, we know the rest. Like you know, they call fire. But I mean, to me, that moment was crazy. And twenty. 2019 too was fun. The game that Lubin's talking about, we went to, um, I think it was game, was it game three when they, they won the first? Yeah, it was the game after um, Correa hit the walk-off. It's the one, they, they robbed was, Judge of the Grand Slam, right? It was, was Cole on the mound for that one? Cole was on the mound and that's yeah. when oh, they started Altuve. Mm. Altuve let off the game with the home run. And we then um, in. we were still checking in. We got to the scene. I had tortillas with peanut butter in my bag and they had to check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lubin was hugging down the sandwich. And then, <laughs> then we got to the seats down one nothing already. We were scared. We were like, oh, God, like, is this really going to happen? And then next thing you know, base hit from LeMayu, base hit from Judge. And we were like, okay, wait, we're rolling here. And then we just could never catch fire. It sucked. Yeah. I mean, the craziest thing for me is, like, to think in 2017 and, like, even after, before the cheating thing came out, like, this was a competitive rivalry. Like, it was so crazy. Like, we got fired up to play the Astros just because we were playing the Astros. And then this information gets released, and the whole narrative of the rivalry just switches. It's like evil guys versus, like, the guys who like the guys who cheated versus the guys who got cheated. Before, it was, like, just two teams who were, like, really, really competitive. And to think we were so competitive with a team that, like, had such an advantage. I mean, number one, I mean – it makes me happy to think we could hang with them at that time, but then it just like kind of upsets me because I knew how talented we were and how things would have gone if we weren't facing a team that literally had the advantage. It's weird for Yankees fans to have the rest of the country on their side. That's it's wow. odd. It's very, very odd. I'm not, we're not used to it at all. I, I, I was just going to say the same thing too. Like we've never had this in our life. Like, you know, you don't, you don't usually, usually it's Yankees against anyone. Everyone, we've been but. hated. I think the only time we maybe had like a feel good vibe, like 2017, we were like underdogs and mm-hmm. it was like all like the young guys coming up. But even then, it's like, you know, you're still the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. like, no, one's, no one's rooting for you in the playoffs. No one's, no one's, no one's, no one's like, get these guys a World Series. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Now all the other fans are playing for the wrong team. They're like, oh, I guess the 27 World Series argument's not that bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, Stephanie, you know, you've been working for Sports Illustrated. I know you've covered a, a, a bunch of games. Like, how did this rank in terms of, you know, games you've been to, games you've covered? This was pretty, by far the most exciting regular season game um, or the most tense, you know, fan engagement regular season game I've ever been to. 
Uh, I think, I think, uh, I think it was John Franco who said it's, I agree that the number of fans probably affects, it's hard to get close to like the 2017 world series at, in Houston was out of control, especially when they had the roof closed. There were like, you just couldn't, I mean, you couldn't hear, you couldn't talk to anyone. It was, I, I don't think I've like, I probably got hearing damage from those games. That was the series that, where they had that the one game where they just kept hitting home runs back and forth. Yes. It went to like 12 innings. Oh yes. That was such a fun uh, series. Fregman scored. It was wild. They were, yeah, that was a crazy, anything where you're indoors is hard to top because the sound just echoes. Um, but this was a very, this was, I haven't also, I mean, I covered the playoffs last year, but until the world series, there weren't fans, at least for me, I was on the AL side. Um, and then even when there were, you know, they traveled, they were actual Dodgers fans and there were some Rays fans, but it's not the same as in your home ballpark. And it's not the same as when it's the Yankees fans involved. So it's been a long time since I heard fans get into it like this. This was definitely uh, by far the most exciting regular season game we're going to have in the regular this year, last year. And it's been a while. I, I guess the last point I want to make on this game, and I'll open this up to you guys as well. I want I want Yankees Astros in the ALCS. I think we can beat them, and I think that if for the Yankees to win a World Series and, and for it to feel right, yes, I'd like to get by the Rays in the postseason. But more than anything else, I'd love to meet the Astros one final time in the ALCS and finally get the better of them. And I don't know what you guys think. I think we should be confident after the way we played in this series, and you know, leading up to this, not, not doing great. I remember telling John Franco going into that week stretch where we played Detroit and Baltimore, like let's just get right so that we're not going to get crushed by this team that we hate. You know, I, I feel confident if we were to play them in a uh, best of seven. Yeah, I do too. I mean, the energy would be there. It's like a time for revenge too. I, I mean, that's obviously that's the ideal scenario. That's what we would want. That's the Hollywood scenario is you, you have to yeah. go through them. Yeah. yeah, no, I couldn't agree more too. I feel like playing them would be like just a dream come true. Cause we want one more shot at revenge. And I mean, I feel like I keep referring to this, but, like, it's crazy to, like, think about this, honestly, just as an overall from the Yankees. Like, we got, like, these guys that just started coming up. Like, you know, Glaber a few years ago, all these guys. I feel like, you know, they're relatively young. I know Judge came up a little older and he's, like, you know, in his age. But I I really hate to say it, but I feel like the Yankees' window to win a World Series is really starting to close. Yeah. And I feel like they need to do it soon. I mean, obviously, it would be ideal. I would love to play Houston in the ALCS, but I just think in general. I mean, now we know how choppy their start to the season was. I mean, it was not what we thought. And honestly... My biggest idea of it, I think that they just came into this year with a bunch of confidence. And I think like they were just ready to just start spinning on teams and just crushing everybody. And I think those first 15 games were like a reality check. Like it was like a humbling moment. That's how I looked at it. I was like, all right, these guys got to realize you still got to work. And like, you know, they still got to beat, beat up on these teams. And I mean, obviously we've seen them turn the corner in these past few weeks, but I mean, what's been our problem all these years, it's been pitching and, you know, getting hits when we really needed them in these moments. And I mean, I feel like the bats, are, I feel like the bats are always, I'm, that's never my worry because I know they can always come around and everyone can always get hot. But I feel like if Kluber, if these guys, hopefully Severino comes back and, you know, can even give us 75% of what he was because he was just electric, throwing 100 into the eighth inning, like he was just awesome. If we can just get that, I feel like, and add that to our October, like, you know, both um, rotation, excuse me. I feel like it's just all going to be behind Cole. You know what Cole brings to the table. It's just, if we can get these the supporting cast to really show up, get guys like Britton back, you know, who's also been huge for us out right now in the bullpen. I mean, and we know what the, we know we've known for the past few years, what this team's capable of. It's just, could they finally get over that hump and show us during that ALCS and hopefully get to the world series? I think that's the question. 
you know, we circled this game May 4th after our bad stretch is like, we need to get good by this game because this is a big test for us. Yeah. Uh, and I think ever since this series, you've seen the Yankees are now eight and two at the time of this recording uh, in their last 10 games. This series this is where they kind of started to play good, really good baseball against better competition. And we're starting to see them play a lot better. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully it works out that we you know we go on a little bit of a run here. Uh, but as we wrap up this episode, I do want to ask Stephanie a couple of questions that have less to do with the Yankees Astros series. Uh, the first one is what's the most fun event you've ever covered through sports illustrated or, or through your time reporting? It's probably hard to top tiger winning the masters. That was, that was wild, especially because again, the fans really matter. You can hear, you know, you can't have your phone at Augusta, so you can't be following what's going on really on your phone. So you have to rely on the sounds of the crowd from various parts of the course. You got to look up for the, the manual leaderboards. Uh, and that felt like every single person was in it at every instant. That was very cool. I uh, know my final question would be, what was the one place where you were like, dude, what am I doing here? How am I at this game? How am I, or how am I, how am I here right now? Probably the, Cubs World Series win in 2016. It was the first full World Series I covered, like going to both cities. And I just couldn't, I had actually earlier that season, I had been rooting against the Cubs because I was afraid they were so good. And I thought I wasn't going to get sent. And I thought I just, I really would love to be there and watch that happen. And so I hope the Cubs don't win this year. I hope they wait a year so that I'm more important and maybe I can go. Uh, And I ended up, they ended up sending me and it, it was I mean, to go seven, to have that rain delay, the, the, for them to come back, the Rajai Davis home run, that was, I, I, I mean, I've, that, that would be the tie, I guess, with the, the Tiger Woods Masters. But that event, I think because we had so much time to build up to it, too, it felt like, you know, 100, like there are so many people who died waiting for this to happen, and it mm-hmm. never happened. And I'm watching this happen, and that was... That was incredible. And that's the kind of history that the players can't feel or else they can't perform. Uh, but we got to enjoy it. Stephanie, I can't thank you enough for coming on this humble podcast and talking to some Yankees Astros with us today. Thanks for having me. It was great to be here. All right. Uh, you, know, you can check out all of our articles at si.com slash author slash Stephanie.Abstein. Great, a great article on the Yankees Astros, and she's got some great stuff up there. Uh, so I think that really that wraps it up for today. Thanks again for coming on, Stephanie. And for Stephanie, Aiden, and John Franco, I'm Lou Orlando. Let's call it a night, boys. Bregman drives one deep to left field, and that will silence a few of the Yankees fans as he puts one into the bullpen. A solo home run, and the Astros out in front. Driven deep to left field. Brantley back on the track at the wall. See ya! A two-run home run for Stanton. The Yankees answer back. They lead two to one. Soft ground ball to third. Going to be a tough play. Bregman fields, fires, not in time. And the ball gets past Guriel. Here comes Higashioka. He'll score. Here comes Odor. He'll score. And the Yankees lead six to three. That one's driven out to left center field. On the run is Gardner. Still going. He's there. Makes the play. And the Yankees win 7-3.